And I'm Sophia. And this is Breakpoint Radio. All right, and we're back. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, we're back. Oh, was that too much? That was too much, wasn't it? And you would go too far with it. Oh, I can't find my explosions now either. And that was that was this America leading in this week. Um, it's been ages, hasn't it? Come on, you don't. You must oh, love it. Everyone loves an air horn. No. Go on, or I'll do another. This is one so, of the most embarrassing things you've ever done to me. Oh, you say that, but well, actually, yeah, it probably is. Um, and we're back. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that was this America, probably the biggest thing that was around since we last did a thing. Um, His dancing is great in that video. Have you seen the video? Yeah, he's quite a mover. It's a very um, impactful video if anybody has not watched it. Well, I suppose as we're starting on the uh, racetrack. Oh, really? No, no, it's not going off the cliff. Um, So, I suppose something that happened since we last caught up and all the rest of it. um, I just realised your um, segue. You see where it's going? Oh, goodness. So, so this is the ethics episode, I guess. Because last time since we caught up, there was the Cohen Ethics comp, which... It was so good. Yeah, it was very different. Yeah. You usually end up being quite drained, whereas this one you just had to sit and absorb. Yeah. Which is what I liked about it. Different, just, like just listen. It's like yeah, different kind of concentrating. Uh, just learning about. I think the one you've got on here, the most important for me was the. Um, is it Corey? Yeah. Corey's, uh, keynote. Um, it was about uh, using AI in uh, weapons. Yeah. Which was so interesting. Uh, Google's Project Maven and how like 3% of the company managed to stop that project from continuing and she's done a write-up of it on the register which is um, I'd say possibly goes into a bit more detail than she had time to go into in the talk but really good write-up really really interesting Um, it's just about how the algorithms deciding what to target, who to target, and what to target can can be wrong, and that was the problem. The patterns of behaviour which suggest that you might be a suspect of terror, and um, drones highlighting who they think should get bombed. Apparently, there's still a human in the middle of it between the drone and the bomb being dropped. Um, but a really interesting piece. But yeah, it does cover all of the things around like AI ethics in an actual proper kind of context of yeah there's a story behind it which i thought was excellent that we had something to draw it back to yeah people very good actually getting hurt people getting killed um which um it's not uh, it was a hard-hitting talk i think yeah Yeah. it was very good um and and who put the conference together did a wonderful job and has also um put aggregated a set of blog posts around it and i think it's a really great idea yeah it was really good i think there's about eight blog posts that she's um, got the links for and she's writing up a conclusion for an InfoQ piece on it. Um, related to that, ACM put out their kind of technical code of ethics, which um, is kind of interesting. It's a bit like, it reads a lot of what I imagine like a doctor's kind of Hippocratic oath is of, you know, what thoughts should come into a techie's uh, judgment process. When yeah, I saw the do no budget. harm. Yeah it's, Point. yeah, it's all things to consider. And I think the last bit is around leadership too, of here's how to mentor people without um, maybe being overbearing or different ways that you might be able to help people along cool. in careers too. So, 
Um, yeah, so yeah, Coed Ethics, um, looking forward to the next one whenever that comes together. And I guess the videos will be released soon. Yeah, yeah, I think InfoQ might have been doing those too, but they should be out soon, so nice. you're right. Um, and that kind of also does a segue into, from the kind of Corrie Crider piece and the Project Maven, um, Google's record fine. I think it's something... Huge. Yeah, four billion. I think four and is billion dollars. pre-GDPR? Um, Pre-GDPR, I think this is a court case that's been going on for a while, it's uh, more around um, non, non-competitive behaviour, about forcing... Oh. If you have an Android phone, then you think you have to have like Google search on as default and to be able to have the Play Store access on there. That's and all a really sorts. interesting point, actually. So obviously they're selling a service and they're selling the operating system. And all they're really, this is, sorry, I'm probably being a bit controversial, but all they're really doing is saying, if you want to buy our software to put on your phone, we have some things that we'd like, like some conditions that that relies on. So is that so? They're selling a product with some conditions. Is that what makes that? I guess it might be interesting uh, if you explain why that makes that bad. So I guess some of the things around it are uh, things like really the, the central part of getting apps is from um, the Play Store. If you want access to it, you basically have to play by Google's rules. Yeah. Um, and Google also determine. Um, who are the other search engines that are available on Android phones too because mm. I think for a while it's been a thing that DuckDuckGo have not been able to get onto Android phones as a possible search engine. So there's um, rules in place to protect smaller companies I guess is that what it is? I'm not sure I, th- I think DuckDuckGo's thing, I think they've got a whole blog piece on that I'll dig out the link for but that was something about anti-competitive behaviour and not allowing them to be one of the options on the Android phones mm. whereas Google pick and choose who can go on there. Um, also, uh, kind of on the Google theme too, there was Google I.O. last week. Mm. Um, fair few things there, quite a bit of stuff around deep learning. I think they're really they're trying to get into, into that area, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're putting it into everything that they're releasing, by the yeah. looks of things. So we, um, are, We're having a look at dialogue flow at work at the moment, and that's really interesting about natural language um, uh, okay. interpretation. How come Google over and above, uh, I think Amazon's one's Polly is their language interpreter? Yeah, I'm not not 100% sure. We've tried, uh, we've done a comparison of the the image one between Google and AWS, and I just, I don't know. Have you looked at the Azure one to recognition, I think, with... I did a project where we were doing lots of image recognition. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, interesting results between them. They cannot get they're very expensive. They're not accurate enough yet. No, they're not. They're not at all. Well, I mean, that was part of Corrie's talk, too, that um, it's really difficult to determine whether three people in the middle of a desert are carrying um, a rocket launcher or what was the other thing that she compared it to? Um, it was like just some kind of like travel devices. Mm. But it was really, if, if it picks up an oblong device, nine times out of ten it thinks that that's a rocket launcher as opposed to anything else yeah. so yeah they're not, they're not super interesting though I think they'll get better as time goes on yeah I think so I think so uh, the other thing that seemed to be all over kind of the ops twitter stuff was the K-Native uh, release that came out which was the um, 
So Google's set of tools to support doing um, serverless with Kubernetes um, kind of interested me. Dan Bryant's done a great write-up of it, but interested me because they've got lots of support for events um, in the cloud on there. So, but yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes. Other stuff. Um, so Gadget had put out a buying for good link, how you can buy stuff but still be ethical with the things that you buy. TypeScript 3's come out. Um, and some of the updates to the uh, Mac with the i9 chips and better keyboards. All right, back onto the controversy. So <laughs> the, the Java 11 stuff. Oh, so this is the new licensing and support models. Mm. Um, did you, get, have you had a look at this? Or? I did, I didn't so, really understand what I was looking at. So it's a weird one. So it feels like one of those, um, you can never do the right thing. So previously, Java major releases came out probably every three years with a long support life cycle afterwards. Now they've pinned Java releases to be every six months with a very, very short free support support um, license after it. Mm. So, so if you want to apply patches and security things, you have to keep upgrading every six months. I kind of feels like people almost want the cake and eating it. They complain that the release cycle was too long and now they're complaining that the support cycle's too short, forcing yeah. them to... Re- but we don't have to upgrade. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've worked at places where we've not applied security patches for 12 months and then done the next major version upgrade anyway. So, um, but yeah, possibly time to start looking at Graal, maybe, or other JVMs, JDKs, and one thing and another mm. as well. Uh, what about the uh, Y Scala? Oh, I like thing? this. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. What did you What did you get from it? So, as many of us have seen, there has been a lot of talk on Twitter specifically, but also Always. Reddit yeah. and um, all that kind of stuff about Scala and where it belongs. I know there's what I refer to as a spectrum between OO and FP, and where you sit on that spectrum. Um, Probably very pertinent. With it sounds like. A lot of the stuff you're involved in is going more on the FP end of that So, yeah, on a personal level in work at the moment, we're moving from um, a very, what he calls a fusion of the two, mm-hmm. a mix of the two, um, to more of an FP situation. And it's something that I've personally been struggling to understand, not in terms of the, the actual code, but why we're doing it. And I don't think there's been enough of the why. And this yeah. blog post is, is genuinely, like, answering the why in a very readable way which I really appreciated yeah, in amongst all of this craziness he's done a good job of it of um, trying to prevent present facts and evidence without yeah. being too opinionated in well he yeah he does he does stay his personal preference a few places around the blog post but it's not it's this way or no way it's yeah. very much a okay here are all the reasons why and why not and this is where I sit which is quite yeah, I like that I like that a lot and it's a nice, refreshing, calm approach to the problem. Yeah, it seemed to... I liked it too. It, yeah. it seemed to be um, an adult in the room giving an adult opinion. Um, and lots of controversial opinions out there too. Um, I understand why, but it's nice to see someone who's covering all, all camps, all tastes. Anyway, I sense that that look means that that was probably more controversial than I thought it was going to be. Um, yesterday was Ethereum's third birthday. I'll tell you what, for a project that's only officially three years old, that has picked up so much kind of head that's of steam. Fast. Three years. I know it's... Uh, yeah, it has. Life. It has. And it's, 
it's one of probably two of two or three of the leading blockchain frameworks out there. In fact, the only other one that I can think of that's even close is probably Hyperledger. Um, da -da 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 -da. Have you lose? Have you lost interest in blockchain? No, I'm starting to. I, I still have a blog post that I am I've been working on forever and need to just finish around it. But no, still kind of interesting. It's figuring out where it's useful. That's that's always the thing. Um, I think our chain might be interesting, but I need to learn a bit more about it before I talk about it. Um, all right. The only other thing that I've kind of got um, in notes are Liz Rice put together a set of. Um, a collection of her talks on her website which are awesome around security and containers. I also saw that, I think it was Adrian Collier put together a tribute um, set of resources on GitHub uh, for Jess Frazzle around containers um, and one thing and another that all look like interesting reading. And the and finalies. Um, probably just the first two of those. The British Iron Man. Um, that's that's pretty cool. What didn't see, it, didn't see just, any other news coverage exists. of it. Just that some guy has spent like quarter, uh, a third of a million creating an Iron Man outfit and could fly down oh, the road wearing I, it. I didn't look at the notes. All oh, right, okay. But, uh, that's that's not what I was expecting. I thought you meant like the Iron Man. No, this no no this like guy the, is, this, the, like the triathlon style. Oh no, event. this guy has built an Iron Man outfit and flew down. I think it was Oxford Street or something wearing it. That's interesting. Yeah, it could have gone horrendously Did wrong. It work? Yeah, it worked for the 30-second clip, obviously. Like a jetpack? A jetpack on his hands and on his feet. And have a look at the clip. Okay. I'd say there's been kind of no news coverage of it. Probably would have been a lot more news coverage of it if it had gone horribly wrong, though. Yeah. Uh, and the shock clock, you quite like I quite, this. Weirdly, I like this. I don't usually like things that hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a problem in the mornings. I hate the morning. I hate getting out of bed. I hate waking up. I hate all that stuff and this trains your brain so at first obviously you get shocked to wake up which I guess is bad um, but eventually your brain like it's not everyone's thing is it I guess you have to keep it the ta same time every day otherwise you're really like yeah, so screwing so your brain up but your brain will anticipate the shock and wake you up alert before mm. the shock how cool is that so you wake up yeah, alert every morning. Like Pavlov's dogs of, of waking up. I wonder if it works for keeping you asleep too. Because I have the inverse of that where I wake up at about 3, 4 most mornings and then struggle to get back to sleep. I don't think that will help you. So, no, maybe not. Events, as usual, Google Calendar events, uh, links posted in the show notes. And I think today and tomorrow is Turing Fest. I've never What's heard. That? I've never heard of it. Uh, this, in fact, this is the first year I've heard of it. Happens cool. in Edinburgh. Does product management, design, and technology stuff, and growth hacking. Apparently, that's a track. That's, that's a thing. So yeah. Oh, also a CFP for Good Tech Conf. Oh, of course, Good Tech Conf, nineteenth uh, and twentieth of November in Brighton. Don't miss it. <laughs> Goodtechconf.org <laughs> and the CFP. Yeah. Our CFP closes. Uh, when was it? About a week and in about a week and a half's time. It was two weeks Friday, wasn't it? Last Friday. So when, when's that from here? That sounds about right. Are you going to just post your yes, voice in um, right now with the actual date? And yeah, that will <laughs> be on the 10th of August or thereabouts. That doesn't sound right. Or thereabouts. Wait, where? Or thereabouts. No, what, where's our day today? Or Go. A week on Friday. Go forward one. 
Yeah. No, it was in the week. Oh, where are you? But that. No, yeah. there. Press that button. There. You can cut all this out. Up. Right. There. Right. Right. There. Yeah. Tenth of August. You're right. <laughs> well, that's certainly a. Uh... <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. I did the CFP myself. Well, this feels like a real anticlimax to uh, the first podcast back now that I've been corrected and then I was correct. Anyway, (laughs) just a sec. There's only one way to really close out this podcast. I think we know what that's going to be. No, 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 no,